0: Hello and welcome to the 48th episode of My On Mondays. Today I'm speaking with Kevin Carroll, a musician and music educator based in Austin, Texas. Kevin's musical trajectory has taken him through years performing with his own band, The Slee Stacks, as well as touring nationally and internationally with Jimmy Lafave and Charlie Robeson with two appearances on Austin City Limits. In our conversation, he tells us of his early experiences and feelings about music, life as a touring musician, and the serendipitous circumstance that led him away from the guitar scene into the very different and surprising world of the ukulele. I think what I would like to start with is, um, before we get into the sort of nuts and bolts of your career, uh, I was reading the newspaper article that you have on your website, and you mention at one point that growing up, you had such a reverence for music that you felt like you had to be chosen <laughs> <laughs> to do yeah. it. And, which I thought was really interesting. And so you felt like you had to be this special person and, and maybe you, you felt like you weren't worthy. Where do you think that idea came from?
1: Oh man, that's an, I just always loved music and I know I was um, like so many toddlers and stuff. I was like a dancer all the time mm. dancing about it. I have no memory of it, but I, I remember, like, one moment when when I felt like, oh, this is, like, what a musician should be like. Mm-hmm. And it was watching Sesame Street. And I caught that, you know, in the first incarnation. Mm-hmm. And seeing Stevie Wonder play Superstition oh,
2: wow. when I was about <laughs>
1: six years old. And go, oh, yeah, that's, well, I'm never going to do that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would watch it every Hey, um, and I just think that the, I, you know, it's it's hard to pinpoint it. It's not like well, my parents liked music, but it wasn't like they loved music um, in that way. I, I, I would probably have to do some deeper analysis, you know, mm-hmm. um, to really unlock that. But I guess you know this would be an odd. Way to answer it, but I think maybe on some cellular level, I knew that that was my calling,
2: mm-hmm. you know,
1: and mm-hmm. that it's it's one that I've fought for, um, and and one that I've tried to serve um, as well as I can, most of my life, and and it, it, I notice it's the thing that I get into conflict most in, in that world is feeling like somebody's not as dedicated to the music
2: as they hmm. could be. Hmm. really
1: bums, bums me out. And, and it, it's a problem. Um, in regardless what way? Of you, mean, you
0: mean in the professional world?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So, yeah. As a player, um, and I think it's, you know, maybe just my, my nature. I think there's pros and cons to it. But I'm kind of an all or nothing, all in kind mm. of person, and I just was, you know, made a commitment early to music, and and, and I felt like a lot of times, you know, I've certainly met a lot of people with a lot more talent, uh, a lot more knowledge, a lot more skill, um, but haven't met many that have worked harder or that mm. were more dedicated mm. to it in in the path and. Yeah, I guess I see it as a vocation. I, I, I never really saw it as a profession, per mm-hmm. se. I mean, I knew it's what I wanted to do, but to do music um, requires a lot of, uh, as, as you would know, I think, um, nomadic tendencies mm-hmm. um, and ability to sacrifice some basic things that a lot of folks aren't willing to sacrifice. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, in day-to-day stability and and all that. And I remember talking to my friend. There's a. Uh, you know, professional musician, producer, and all of this. And I remember him calling me one time, like, hey, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I've just been working on this Lindsey Buckingham guitar part for like four hours. Mm-hmm. And, and him, you know, being a, a guitar player and stuff, it's like, oh, I've never worked on one thing for four hours in my life.
0: What? Um,
2: <laughs>
1: but, but just having that, you know, the, um, the details of it and wanting mm-hmm. to honor it. Mm-hmm. Um, the the purity of the sound and you know this I could even go more ethereal in in the thing I've been thinking about a lot about music that I hadn't really thought of you know it's just the thing I loved and was attracted to is that it happens in the air and Mm -hmm. in our heads Mm -hmm. and you know and it can stay in our heads but in the air, it's gone as soon as you hear it, mm-hmm. and I just I can't think of anything more mysterious. But yeah, that's <laughs> that's probably the longest possible answer to that question. <laughs> it's great.
0: Uh, well, I mean, it was a it was a sort of complex question, I suppose. Um, so you were involved for a long time just in the professional music scene, and you had this, you know, this really um, deep reverence for music in general and with what you wanted to do and where you wanted to go with it. Can you tell me a little bit about uh, the professional music scene in Austin and some of the things that you were dealing with both the good and the bad? (laughs)
1: yeah um luckily i've forgotten so much because i think i could this could be like a 16 hour answer (laughs) but um yeah um so many of the good things for one there's a ton of songwriters here Mm -hmm. and there was a a real roots scene and there's a lot of good guitar players here for sure and and really it's kind of like the songwriters and guitar players um kind of hotbed especially in the late 80s and through the 90s um maybe even across the border of 2000 and that was great uh and made you know a lot of friends and continued to do really what my life's mission is personally which is just to learn Mm
2: -hmm. and learn
1: as much about music and immerse myself in it i also ended up you know getting a record deal here doing some really cool gigs and then also ended up starting yeah
0: you were able you appeared on austin city limits i've done that a
1: couple times yeah Yeah. and so yeah then ended up uh playing guitar um i learned so much from all the great guitar players that played in my my band over the Mm -hmm. years and just watching players um but then eventually got a gig with this guy charlie Robinson, and it was it, it was crazy the first gig we played to 12 people in denton but they weren't all there at the same time <laughs> um and and the you know one of the highlights was playing a sold-out show at the cotton bowl with i don't know 40 thousand um wow. and, and then yeah do doing austin city limits a couple times he was on a major label and so mm-hmm. i got to do that that whole thing you know that yeah they the used to be the thing maybe it still is but be on a tour bus and mm-hmm. and also i think i did one year of uh, i think more than 250 gigs in a year on the wow. road
2: oh my and,
1: gosh yeah and i think if if my math is correct i played about 1800 shows Mm -hmm. in a decade with charlie Robinson. um and so yeah and that was great you know and 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 that was certainly one of those things um you know we used to watch austin city limits every night and it was like way Mm -hmm. in the back of my mind like oh that'd be cool i would know i've made it if i was Mm -hmm. on that show (laughs) and and it was so funny you know because it's just like charlie and i afterwards it was like I think like this limit you know that we'd both set and I remember talking to is like what do you do now? Um, kind of blew our minds a little bit. It'd really mm-hmm. have to recalibrate, but um, yeah, and did that uh, and played also some with his brother Bruce Robinson and his sister Robin Ludwig, um, all of whom are phenomenal, gifted songwriters, you know, and um, done you know various other things in from blues and roots kind of music um with guitar over Mm -hmm. the years
0: and so i know at a certain point you began to feel sort of disillusioned with with the professional uh music scene i don't know if this is just in austin or just in general but you had some pretty bad experiences
1: yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. u s. the good and the bad. Um, yeah, so the flip side of that coin, you know, I, I luckily had dealt with my alcohol issues before I even moved to Austin. Hmm. so that wasn't wasn't a problem. but the the living situation I had, you know, lived in this two hundred dollars a month place with no AC. And that was horrible. I mm-hmm. also had had some, you know, I, I think just being a highly sensitive person. I think I had my wake up call, my my nervous breakdown breakthrough when we went to Iraq in
2: 2007.
1: Oh, wow. And yeah, I never I just went into like severe panic like a couple days before we left Mm. and um, I remember picking up this magazine and you know it led me to this whole other thing but you know some uh, really cool uh, young Buddhist monk had these meditation techniques and approaches and it was all about panic and Mm -hmm. it it changed my life but I was I'd realized I guess that if I went to Iraq I, I wasn't um, in support of that war. And number two, I realized I wasn't in alignment with the values of the music I would be playing over there. Mm-hmm. And, and so that was a wake up call. And I said, I got to get, I got to get right with music. And, mm-hmm. um, and I quit that gig and, you know, and I wanted out of this, I, I, I decided to make a really sharp turn to, I just wanted to give more than I was. I felt that there was an element of taking mm-hmm. that I was doing in, in the life I was living and that those I was with were doing. Mm. And I wanted to do more giving. Yeah. Um, and so went in toward education and, and also finally got my shoulder repaired, needed, you know, it was like, um, everything that could go wrong with the shoulder was wrong. And so mm-hmm. I had surgery.
0: And so that and affected pe- your yeah. playing, of course.
1: Oh, uh, you know, it, it, it's funny that I'm, I'm just kind of like, oh, I wonder if I had surgery 10 years earlier, what my career would have looked like or mm-hmm. what my playing would have sounded like. Um, because it's, yeah, it's, um, it is remarkable to me and that, um, that I did it because it's a severe injury on my right Mm. shoulder. Um, But it also showed me how much I was willing to sacrifice Mm -hmm. in the name of music. And I was like, wow, this, this guy's not messing around. You know, he's really um, playing through a lot of pain and dysfunction, you know, physical dysfunction. Um, And then I met this PT phenomenal uh practitioner and he asked you know said i think i can get you ready for this tour you got in six months right after i had surgery and he said you know uh, you want to do a trade and i'm like sure and he's like my my daughter just got a ukulele can you teach her and i you know inside i'm going oh ukulele i don't I don't really like the ukulele. <laughs> um, and and also going, I've never quite figured out even how to tune these things, you know.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then externally just saying, of course, I would love to, you know. <laughs> and and remember buying a ukulele um, at South Austin Music, and I was on Painkillers in a Sling, you know. And I quickly noticed about a little concert, Lanakai ukulele. And it was like, oh, I could actually kind of play this. Like right now, like, you know, two weeks after shoulder surgery Um, and after, you know, but within a year, I think I just said, I think I'm going to cash in all my chips and go all in. With the ukulele. So and, what um, what spurred
0: that transition though? I mean because you're you're going from <laughs> I don't like the ukulele. <laughs> it had to have yeah, been more than yeah, just yeah, yeah. oh I can physically Yeah, play. there's
1: there's 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 a few steps in between there. So, you know, I started studying uh, like a lot of ukulele forums mm-hmm. and I started I think kind of just reading um, the uh cosmology of the people that were on it and noticed that people were really generous really friendly and i don't know if you spent any time on an electric guitar forum and actually (laughs) pretty good but but the i i didn't find the guitar world to be the most um generous open
0: one of the questions I was going to ask you was, what is the difference between ukulele people and guitar people?
1: Well, yeah. I know, you know, and I could, I could put myself in this category, but I, I think that I could have chosen a lot of instruments, but mm-hmm. I chose the guitar in part, you know, like a lot of, I think probably highly sensitive and maybe socially awkward Young males do Mm -hmm. um, because I just didn't know how to relate to people, Mm -hmm. and this and like in a room I would go, oh, the safest place would be like right behind that guitar Mm -hmm. on
2: stage, Mm -hmm. and
1: be like, oh, that's where I should be, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and and that was part of the motivation, and and you know I think I've noticed that some people choose that because it has this built in um mythology you know or or mm-hmm. it did um and it may be getting healthier now yeah, yeah that yeah. that a yeah. lot goes along with being a guitar player and i think it's attractive to a, to a lot of guys especially in the sense that oh this is going to compensate for um my weaknesses or whatever mm-hmm. and make me it's this is going to be the thing it's going to make me bigger and better but I don't yet know anyone who would look at a ukulele and say, (laughs) oh, this is it. This is how I'm going to, you know, um, take over the world with the ukulele. Um, It's like, it's, and it's so easy to underestimate. Mm -hmm. And it's a new instrument so that there isn't this um, collective unconscious uh, kind of data around Mm -hmm. it It, it's you know it it was created in the 1880s Mm -hmm. and so it's a like a brand new instrument and there's still not a right way a wrong way you know and and we're figuring it out what you can do with it what you can't and the thing that i really love about it it's like a weird combination between like neuroscience and spirituality is like if i do a ukulele show people's minds are just completely blank or they have their own Mm. weird little ideas of what it is. And then that's quickly wiped out. So I get to play with people's expectations Mm -hmm. and that is so much fun Mm -hmm. because they they almost couldn't be lower. You know, if Mm -hmm. if I showed up (laughs) with a cello or something, people expect a certain thing or even a guitar. Um, And I remember the first time, um, I got on stage with a ukulele. A friend of mine you know, invited me to come out to this, this cool place. And they had a really cool, funky, uh, rootsy band uh, with percussion, guitar, and harmonica. And I get up there. It's like Friday night. And they call me up. And I get there. And I literally played one chord in tune, the first chord. Hmm. And people started yelling and clapping. Hmm. And then I'm just like oh, boy, this is going to be good. You know, I'm <laughs> like, okay, if they, like, just... And who in their right mind, if you go up with a guitar and play a chord, and people are like, oh, my gosh, that's like an instrument, you know? Wow. Mm-hmm. It's in key and everything. But, um, you know, and then I ended up playing slide ukulele and then all this stuff, and people's minds were blown, you know, mm-hmm. but it's it's super, super fun um, to play play with that, you know? And Yeah. Um, I, I would say... My path with the ukulele was um, unbelievably fortunate. Um, and I never really, I had one great teacher, a guy named Gordon Lowland, just for a few months when I first started. He's a classical player and teacher. But I never really encountered a teacher until the ukulele and, and mm. found um, a guy named Kimo Hussey, who's just a, a Hawaiian ukulele master, and then enrolled in this program with a guy named James Hill in Canada, who's the best teacher of anything I've ever seen in my life, hmm. um, and and a guy who's like 17 years younger than me, mm-hmm. which is an interesting thing to have a younger mentor.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but but as I say, you know, I I learned more in three years and made more friends in three years on the ukulele than I did in 30 years on guitar.
0: Do you think that is just um, because of the type of person that tends to play ukulele? Like, I, I'm getting a sense that there is this um, feeling of openness with, Definitely. with the
1: instrument. It it seems like it, um, and and there's a lot of baby boomers that are lifetime learners. They got nothing to prove. Mm-hmm. They they got nothing to lose. You know, so there there's a different since there. Um, also, I think that there's there's a lot of people who are kind of givers in the mm-hmm. Uke world. And it's just, it's funny. I think also, personally, it's probably a thing where, you know, when the student's ready, the teacher will appear. And I think that was the case for me yeah. as a student. Yeah. And then I'm trying to uh, pay that back, you know, by, by being that teacher for mm-hmm. as many people as I can and and just opening up the beauty of music Um, but it's a beautiful instrument and it's a um, the the volume level being so low you can really practice Mm -hmm. anytime anywhere and Mm -hmm. you know not worry about a divorce or being disowned (laughs) you know or (laughs) calling the police or anything That electric guitar players, you know, kind of have to worry about. And the portability of it, it, it's it's been great. But like tonally, you know, I have a little um, ukulele orchestra. And it's remarkable to be in like an acoustically sound intimate room Mm -hmm. with that instrument. Because the, the dynamic ceiling is so low. Um, as is the dynamic floor there, but it really does something to you as a listener where it opens you up to listening in a volume that you didn't, that you just never hear music
2: at. Mm
1: -hmm. Like a really noisy room and people just start yelling, Hey everybody. You know, and then there's that one person that's like, Hey everybody. Yeah. And Mm you just like, okay, yeah. Uh huh. That quiet voice. That is like, oh, that's more serious mm-hmm. um, than Very the cool. yelling voice. I'm going to take, I'm going to let And I think the ukulele kind of registers in that way sometimes.
0: Yeah. It reminds me, um, a friend of mine who lived in Japan for a number of years was talking about, I, I don't know if this is still a thing there, but this friend was telling me about the gardens there and he had built... Um, in his home when he moved back to the States, the sa- a similar sort of Japanese-style garden. And he mentioned that they tend to have these archways that are kind of low or entryways into gardens so that you actually have to bend down. And and when you do that, your perspective automatically shifts and you're seeing the garden or the world or whatever, you, you know, in a new way. And it seems like the, the ukulele kind of does that the same by you you have to shift your way of listening
1: yeah i love that yeah that's a that's a great metaphor for it yeah the, the sonic equivalent mm-hmm. of that yeah and i've had a lot of healing loss uh, from ride cymbals and guitar amps and stuff mm-hmm. um and and so with this ukulele orchestra the austin ukestra uh, it's <laughs> called um i have i've ended up being a conductor an arranger composer mm-hmm. um and leading that in a way that i'd never imagined mm-hmm. doing in my life but from that place of being like in front of the horseshoe of mu- musicians i am amazed at the subtlety of hearing mm-hmm. that I have even with hearing loss
2: mm-hmm. and
1: that if somebody changes strings, one player out of like 16, 12 mm-hmm. or 16, however many, um, the whole, the whole thing sounds different to me. Mm-hmm. And somebody gets a new uke and it's like, Oh, the whole thing, the music is changed. And it, it, there's also something about the power of things in miniature, and I've never been one of those like miniaturized kind of people. You know, I've got friends and know people that just love little things. Uh-huh. You know, the small versions of stuff. But one thing I noticed, compared to being kind of a, a semi-guitar geek, you know, um, you know, paying attention to like wood types and mm. characteristics of cedar and rosewood and spruce and and whatnot, mm-hmm. and. Noticing how much of a difference that makes on a guitar, yeah, and if, and and just figuring well, a guitar's this big, ukulele's this big, it's going to be you know like twenty percent, thirty percent difference on a ukulele. It is like four hundred percent difference hmm. on a ukulele. Um, you really hear the tone of the woods. Wow, you really hear the bracing style, and and it, that's another element of this that is really beautiful and and, uh, vibrant is that there there are just some of the best luthiers in the world are making ukuleles, and I'm lucky enough to have some really amazing hand-built instruments and um, and have more on order, but um, the major manufacturers are supplying the general public but the real aficionados and the pros you find these outlying um individual makers and i think that that's a huge part of the growth of the instrument and the credibility of it mm-hmm. because so you can just pick these instruments you just immediately think oh wow this is a special instrument um and yeah it's, it's it's been, been quite an education in that way. And it's really cool to get, it's helped me as a musician to cultivate these relationships with luthiers because mm-hmm. I've just learned so much more um, about the differences and what my tendencies are, what I like. Um, and and I've always been one that I've felt that instruments have a lot to teach the player. Yeah. Um, and And, it's, it's a fun journey and every once in a while you just you need some new lessons and you need a new instrument to get those new lessons sometimes.
0: One of the things I wanted to ask was about your music itself it it seems like you're known for being a sort of revolutionary or unique uke player um can you tell us about the music that you play and teach?
1: That that, that sounds like a very generous uh description but yeah um and so this is the non-musical answer. But I never really s- succeeded too much um, at doing anything above just surviving <laughs> in life. And, and I hit an age where I was like, I would like to maybe have some stuff, you know, like insurance and, uh, you know, uh, a front door that works properly and, you know, th- th- those kinds of things. Um, and, and started kind of studying and then realized, Hey, I'm going into business. I don't know anything about business. I should, I should learn a little bit about that. But I think that this, I may even have it wrong, but I think the book I read was something about like blue ocean strategy, but it seemed to really resonate with just who I am because it was like, there's these areas that are just shark infested and everybody's swimming in. Mm-hmm. And if you go kind of beyond the horizon, you're like the only person operating, and that that is a really great place to be. Mm-hmm. And so, and I think musically, I love space. And I think as a um, creator and and as a business person, I'm just much more comfortable you know, creating like I'm doing right now, like a jazz ukulele course Mm -hmm. or African music, Celtic music, Mm -hmm. and not, you know, saying, hey, let's play Riptide. You know, I'm just Mm -hmm. not that guy. Um, And so I'm naturally attracted to those edges of things. Mm -hmm. and, And I find as, just as a human being, when I am learning something, there's something really, Uh, vibrant happening between me and life and the world and it makes me as long as i'm just just ahead enough of the learning curve of my students it makes it um real in a in a a cool way and that i notice too once i've taught something five or six times it's kind of like time to move on Mm -hmm. um i'm just not a set it and forget it or a systems type person Mm -hmm. but You know, yeah, I just go toward what sparks me. Um, But one major difference with the ukulele, you know, than the guitar for me, is that I learned to read music, you know, just about 10 years ago. And and so now I compose on the staff more than on the instrument. And Mm -hmm. I compose for multiple instruments and multiple voices. And that's so much fun. And I oftentimes will learn a concept or, you know, like I read that, that book on counterpoint, you know, that Mozart's dad read, you know, from 1600s or something. Mm. Um, and it and, and went through, it did all the exercises and it, you know, it took forever, but it was, I, I always loved counterpoint and didn't really understand it. Mm. And then uh, naturally it creeps, you know, I'll I have like some tune, it's kind of like Japanese trip like uh trip hop with a kodo except it's on ukulele um and it is like well what would a you know kind of a, what would handle create like it's the fourth part here you know and I can't and, and, and even
0: imagine like that. what that sounds like
1: <laughs> <laughs> well you know if 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 I were gonna plug anything it would be um my new website, mm-hmm. education.com, and we could talk about that later, but mm-hmm. that um, you could hear it um, in its entirety there. Um, it's been an interesting thing. Like, I think if you're a songwriter, you pick up your instrument and you start playing, or maybe you record some stuff on the computer or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, or get some loops. But I think I'm more um, of a composer mm-hmm. and kind of writing one line and then having it talk to another line mm. and coming up with melodies harmonies and just how it all all works. I just love that, that process. Mm. And I, you know, I thank James Hill for creating the ukulele in the classroom thing, you know, cause I, that's how I learned. Mm. Um, and I went through 90, I learned 90 songs in that program and countless others since, but that gave me, a, an entire like it just opened up. I think another half of my brain mm-hmm. that I wasn't using for music, and so I think that's been a positive.
0: That's a really interesting point. My um, uh, the podcast last week was on language, which does kind of the similar a similar thing when you're learning a new language, and 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 music could be described that way, especially if you're going from, you know, someone who plays by ear and then learning to read music and write music on on the actual staff is uh, it's a completely different skill. And that brings me to my next question. I know you have started a new business where you're (laughs) you're now creating sheet music for ukulele players and you've already written a number of books.
1: Yes, indeed. Again, something else I never envisioned myself doing, either of those things. But the first book I wrote was a Celtic uh, ukulele Kaylee. I just Mm -hmm. couldn't resist trying to rhyme those two words. Um, (laughs) Very different cultures. Um, and, And I'll admit, you know, that there's something about the almost perversity of playing traditional Celtic music on a Hawaiian instrument, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, it, it, it attracted me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and then then the, the books I wrote after that have been ensemble-based books. And there's just, I think it's, it's one of the most harmonious, beautiful things. You just see a group of people get together and play music there's some people that want to play all the parts themselves or just be a soloist mm-hmm. or just strum others that just want to strum and sing mm-hmm. but then there's others that are like you know my favorite time of music was high school band i just love that you mm-hmm. know i played my silly little trombone part it sounded weird by itself and it sounded great you know with the whole thing there and
0: is so something trying... about playing with a group of musicians or singing you know in a choir that it, it's a completely different experience
2: yeah
1: yeah and so i you know it inspired a little bit by even like the the what was called like parlor music in the 1800s mm-hmm. and stuff um just just people playing playing tunes um but I also wanted to learn how to arrange, and so, so I wrote three books. Um, I think each one of them has seven songs um, in, like, four parts, and I also included bass uh, with those because it just anchors. It makes it sound like an orchestra mm-hmm. to have that, that lower octave. Um, is and there then, a bass
0: ukulele? Yeah. Or, or is it? There a- is. Okay. And,
1: oh, my gosh, you know, and if... if uh, Anybody's listening and it says, oh, I've been playing upright forever. I'm getting a little old and tired of carrying this mm-hmm. thing around. Or I have an electric bass and I have a, a giant amp. Uh, this uh, Kala makes a thing called a U bass, mm-hmm. which is uh, weighs about a pound and a half mm-hmm. and is the size of a baritone guitar. And it is the... It doesn't go quite as high as an upright bass, but it goes as low as an upright
2: bass. Oh, cool. And amazing
1: wow. tone. And yeah, I just I can never stop playing that. And it's just mm-hmm. so much fun. But um the the parts could easily be played on an upright or electric bass, mm-hmm. fretless or fretted. And, okay. Yeah. And and sometimes I include baritone, which is um like the viola, I think of it. Mm-hmm. Um And that it's it's in between uh, the bass or the cello and the Mm -hmm. violin, you know. But then most of it is, yeah, ukulele. And it's been so much fun um, creating this new site. It's it's also been, you know, uh, uh, an adventure. And there have been a lot of challenges in the process. And if the pandemic hadn't happened, I never would have. Done it, um, and so in that way, I'm really grateful that I just gutted it out and mm-hmm. did this. Right now, I think I just put the 170th song on this site. Uh, it's mm-hmm. called Education. E D U K E C A T I O N <laughs> dot com. <Of> <laughs> And you can yeah the, the the this another thing I noticed about the uke world they love puns <laughs> um, anything with it uke is such a great word to get yeah. things but um, yeah I've got music a, a lot of classical music that that's been another discovery through the ukulele that um, it's been amazing to me it's I just love classical mm-hmm. music um, and it's it, it's like have a a natural feel for uh, certain types of it. And uh, that was a shock to me. Um, And there's Celtic music. Um, I've done some of my own compositions, Mm -hmm. um, some of which uh, I've explored, like I mentioned before, but like some um, Japanese Kodo kind of stuff, because Mm -hmm. I, I feel like there's a timbre and a tone that's similar there between the two instruments. And um, there's blues, there's jazz, there's African music. Um, if I had one complaint about the uke world as I know it, is it's a very white world. Mm. And there is a lot of music that just never gets, that it doesn't play. And I'm, I'm really uh, gravitating toward both African-American and african Uh, music types, especially Molly, because they have, um, a cool, a cool stringed instrument, uh, history there. Um, and, and it's, you know, the the music is just so,
0: um, impactful.
1: Yeah. 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 And again, who's doing that?
2: Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so that attracts me, you know, Mm -hmm. in that way, though, I'm sure I could, you know, um, Make more money, you know, if, if I was just doing like uh, the music of Taylor Swift or something. <laughs> but, um, but this is this is um, where my heart is. Yeah. And so the way the site works, which is it's God, we put so much work into this is that all of the songs are available in tablature. And for, parts and for
0: non-musicians, yeah. tablature is sort of... How would you describe tablature? Sort of like a code for people who don't read music? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: it, it just tells you the string, uh, which string and which fret mm-hmm. to play. Um, and, and also standard musical notation. And then we decided there, was, there were those people who said, well, you know, I really like to see both at the same time. Mm. And so you get all three of those Mm -hmm. Um, and you can buy either an entire song, which would include all the parts, including a conductor score. um, Or you can just buy individual parts. It's kind of graded by level or Mm -hmm. searchable by level. It's also searchable by composer, by era, by region. Um, There's, there's a lot to it. And you can hear, every arrangement in its entirety on the site mm-hmm. um and um in it's both um amazed and mortified me when i when i you know in kind of putting this all together once we finally got it up and going i just thought i'm going to add up all the measures that of music that are on the site when it launched and Oh my lord, I figured God I bet there's ten thousand measures of music on here. Mm-hmm. And when I added it up, there were over eleven million measures. <laughs>
0: That's of music. insane. Wow. It is insane. <laughs> yeah. And
1: and that that was why I was like, I don't even remember doing half of these arrangements, mm-hmm. you know. Eleven million. When did I do that? Because I individually figured out the tablature, which means where you there's a lot of ways that you could finger these songs, Mm -hmm. you know, or where, how that moves. Mm -hmm. And so that alone for especially beginner intermediate players could be a huge um, benefit having Mm -hmm. like somebody has already thought about this and figured this out for you. And here's one possible way to play it. But yeah, it's uh, it's something that I I can see now too, is it's, um kind of a, a project of a lifetime and and one mm. that i'm sh- I, i'm hoping um that i'll i'll be able to continue adding to for the rest of my life and it, it can benefit a lot of people it, it's just it makes me happy to think that somebody somewhere is making some music mm. um that they couldn't have made um before this site existed and it makes me makes me
0: feel good yeah that's a lovely sentiment Well, thank you so much for your insights and for sharing your particular journey, which is very particular, I feel like, (laughs) in the music world. It's uh, really unique, and um, I found it really interesting to hear what you have to say about it. So thank you so much for agreeing to talk with me today.
1: Oh, absolutely, and thanks for having me, and thanks for doing all this research and keeping so much alive with whatever number I am, 48, 49, 50, <laughs> in, in your in your series um, and I think it's, it's a wonderful thing for people to get deeper access into the music